This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Thumbs Up. Here's a cool fact. 50% of consumers rely on their social network to help them make purchasing decisions. So let me ask you, how many more referrals and great leads would your business receive if all your happy customers took the time to post their experience and endorse your business on social media? Well, I've got great news. Thumbs Up does just that. Thumbs Up is designed to help businesses create great social media posts with pictures and personalized quotes that customers can easily share with their social media friends in just two clicks. These personalized posts help your customers celebrate their new purchases or service, like the dream home that you just helped them buy or their shiny remodeled kitchen, while simultaneously endorsing your business to all their connections. Check them out at getathumbsup.com. Again, that's getathumbsup.com. Thumbs up, referrals without asking. And now, on to our show. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer Chris Bellow. Before we get to Chris, just a few quick reminders. Number one, please help us grow by telling a friend. Think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing from top producers like Chris and send them a link to our website. That's keepingitrealpod.com. They can stream every episode we've ever done right there. And also, please follow us on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And for everyone that is going to the NAR conference this November in San Diego, I will be there. Uh, now, I'm not um, speaking and I'm not part of the uh, the expo hall, but I will be walking around. So if you're a listener and you'd like to shake hands, and or I don't know if we're shaking hands anymore, right? But if you'd like to say hello, we would be honored to do that. So uh, myself, and one other member of our team will be there. So just shoot us a message, let us know, and we would love to meet up and say thank you for being a listener in person. Now, on to our show with Chris Bello. All right, today on the show, we have Chris Bello, host of Entrepreneur motivation podcast and also real estate expert. Uh, Chris Bello is a college graduate that quit his corporate job three years in. He wanted to take hold of the reins of life and write his own story. After struggling with one side hustle after another, he went all in on residential real estate where he has quickly caught momentum. Chris is also the host of the top-rated business podcast, the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast, which has just crossed over 1 million downloads. And as somebody who has a podcast, who also is at that about that number, I know how hard that is. So Chris is doing something right. Every, I want everyone listening to check out Chris's podcast. Again, just do a search for the Thank Entrepreneur you. Motivation Podcast or go to Chris's website, which is chrisbello.com. And Chris's motto, by the way, is less dreaming, more doing. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, I'm excited too. I apologize for anyone watching. I'm beat red because I was, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm blonde haired and fair, and I have really no business being in the sun. I was at a kickball <laughs> event yesterday, and uh, uh, I was captain of our team. So 
I was uh, had to stand there the whole time, and uh, so I apologize for anyone looking. Um, I was trying to fix it with lighting, but now I'm I'm beat red. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but Chris looks great, and we're here to talk to him anyway. Um, but Chris and I never I was sunburned. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thankfully, it doesn't hurt. Uh, That's good. My, That's my, good. My, my funny part is last night, just as I was going off to bed. Um, my, uh, I think I sprained, uh, my kicking foot. I hadn't played kickball <laughs> since I maybe fifth grade or sixth grade. And, um, I was like, man, am I that old? Right. Like I play kickball and I, your foot <laughs> I, or just bruised it or something. And I, I was dragging it like an old man, uh, who, who's like had a, a, a gimp leg. Um, uh, thankfully it's better today, but I'm still, so I'm all beat up. I'm sunburned. I have a bad foot. <laughs> well, you made it uh, here today. That's all that counts, right? Showing up I, I, the battle. <laughs> Thankfully, sitting in a chair is something I can still do. So I—that's good. I, uh, that's good. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we are—we're here to learn more about you. Uh, but tell us a little bit about how you got involved with real estate. You—you you sort of said goodbye to the corporate world and and wanted to take uh, take ownership of of your destiny. So tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of people can resonate with this feeling of going with the flow, going with the motions, kind of doing what your friends are doing and what your parents want you to do, right? I joined a couple of clubs, you know, I was in like the Hispanic Student Union. I can't even remember. It's been a while since high school in those days, but went to a high school that most of my friends went to, like an all boys Jesuit prep school. Then I went to Texas A&M University. I was just going from one thing to the next, never really thinking about what I wanted to do in my life. And got a supply chain degree because I took accounting and management. And I was like, I don't like those classes. Let me do supply chain and got the job in oil and gas. Thought it was my dream job. I was so excited. I remember I'm like, oh my gosh, I got this job. And a few years in, I started to wonder like, why am I not feeling good? Like, is it just me? Do people like actually being here all day? Like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm just checked out in meetings. You know, I wasn't very interested in what I was doing. Uh, definitely not the ideal employee. And I don't, I don't know. I just didn't have that employee mindset of like, let me go work in Excel all day and right. give it to somebody because the deadline's at 2 p.m. And then it sits in that person's inbox for a week because right. they're going on vacation. And I'm like, why did I have to do this by, by this deadline, this artificial deadline? And three and a half years in, I just decided, you know, hey, I want to quit and try my own thing. I had saved up some money, uh, you know, no kids, single at the time, and I had no debt or anything like that. So I was able to take more risks um, and travel the world. That was kind of my thing. Like I wanted to go on a trip. So I booked a one month trip to Asia without really having a plan. And it wasn't directly going into real estate, but I'm kind of getting there. I tried a few things out. I spent a lot of money, like 40 grand on an idea that pretty much just disappeared. And I learned a lot. Uh, it was an invention idea between intellectual property and trying to manufacture stuff. It got expensive fast. Uh, and then kind of put my tail between my legs and wound up working for a house buying investment company in Houston. And it's like a wholesaling company. If anyone's familiar with that, you go to distressed homeowners and whatnot. And my job was business development. I was going, bringing Chick-fil-A and food and donuts to realtors or realtors rather. And everyone's like, it's not realtor, it's realtor. <laughs> and I started to make friends with real estate agents that were top producers to, to try to tell them like, Hey, if you got distressed homes, you know, homes that smell like cat pee, like, please bring that to us. We will take care of them and pay you 6% commission. And it wasn't too long before I realized like, I need to get my license because yeah. some of these agents bringing us deals are making an easy 6%. And I'm over here like doing the work and trying to find this investor buyer and stuff. And there's a lot of great stuff that happens in both industries, but I, I basically got my license in 2019. So I've 
just over two years of having my license. And I guess, I don't know what the numbers are to hit top producer status, but I've been hitting awards in my office. And as we talked about, uh, and I don't want to give away the whole story, but that's how I got into real estate. I joined a house buying company, realized I needed to get my license. And then I stuck with it. You know, I make fast friends. I make real relationships and everyone would tell me you're going to be an awesome realtor. You know, you, you make friends so easily. That's, that's like being a realtor, right? It's the personality type in most cases. It is. And, and it's that sort of willingness to serve, I think, too, that idea of customer yes. service is being sort of more important than talent, I would even say. Um, not that talent so. or, or, or skill isn't needed. Of course it is, but that can be developed over time. But, but um, it seems to me that after the hundreds of episodes we've done with top producers, customer service, well, and of course having systems and, and discipline and all of that. But, but once yeah. you get beyond that, like what actually makes them successful beyond just being a really hard worker, it seems to be that they just love to stay in touch with people and make sure that the clients know what's going on throughout the sale. I'm just curious to get, to get your take on how important customer service has been to, or follow-up maybe is maybe a better way to say, yeah. um, you know, to your business. I'd say follow-up is obviously very important. And a lot of real estate agents that I know, myself included, I'm great at being a people pleaser, making friends, like, hey, I'm always here if you need me, but I'm terrible at getting things done on time or not done on time, but like organization, right? Yeah. I have all these ideas. I'm the idea, the visionary person. But when it comes to like, oh my gosh, we got all these contracts and documents and showings and the open house and you know listings to, to manage, I had to go get help quickly. But the way that I get around that is I let my clients know, like, I'm just, I'm a friend and I'm available. Hey, I'm always here. If you have any questions, let me know. Like if the ball gets dropped somewhere, whether it's my fault or someone else's, let me know. And I will jump on it right away. I make myself very available. And that alone, clients are so happy to know. Cause when you talk about customer service, I think it's just being willing to be there and being willing to fix anything that happens. Ideally, you want to get in front of it, but if and when things do happen, being able to make the phone call and deliver the news, like, hey guys, this happened on a recent listing. Front door glass broke during some of the showing somehow. And an agent on the last showing sent me the picture, like, hey, I think someone tried to break in or something. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how this happened or who did it, but I'm going to own up to it and get ahead of it. Send a voice message to my clients. Hey guys, no big deal. Uh, front front door glass broke. I'm going to take care of it. Don't worry. Just wanted to let you know. Right. So before they could even get upset, I offered to pay for it and just cover it. And that is how I get ahead of it. And I think that's what is so important with customer service is just letting your clients know as things come up, I will be here for you. That's all they want to know. Yeah, it's so funny. I have uh, what a what a great example of getting in front of uh, solving a problem before the person even knows it exists. Yes. Because um, I, I currently I'm going through this, so I have a sim a, a totally different situation and a really <laughs> dumb uh, sort of um, anecdote, but but something that I I think will. Uh, people can relate to on, on the show. Uh, our listeners can can understand this. So I have tomorrow. Crate and Barrel is um, they they we just had a dining room table uh, delivered, and there's a little defect that needs to be repaired. No big deal. It's a, about a five minute repair, I'm guessing. And so they're supposed to come tomorrow morning. So um, that that was all scheduled. Great, no problem. They sent me an email. Uh, they called me yesterday to confirm, and they sent me an email. And just today saying, hey, just a reminder tomorrow we'll, we'll be there between these hours. Well, I actually 
realized, oh my gosh, I can't be there tomorrow during these hours. So <laughs> right. I, and I, and I hate to do that after, you know, we're really at sort of the, the last hour, um, the 11th hour, but I said, okay, well, I'll just call them to reschedule. It's no big deal. So I called and I was on hold for 25 minutes. Um, I, I couldn't get through and Crate and Barrel is a pretty sizable retailer. I, I would, I would, so I'm sort of surprised that, that it took this long. And then uh, I, I eventually had to just leave a voicemail because I, I couldn't get through. Then I tried on their website, their chat feature, uh, which they have a live chat. And I tried doing that, couldn't get through. Um, eventually, uh, the live chat just said, just email us. So I emailed them. Um, I have no idea if the serviceman is going to be coming tomorrow. <laughs> and, and honestly, I don't really care because tried, I feel like you made an attempt. Yeah. Well, I've tried, but, but I still will feel a little guilty yeah. if the person, cause it won't be that person's fault if they show up and then I'll, I'll feel bad that they made it to my place and I can't be there. Right. Um, but it, it my, my point is, is I spent like an hour on this today and, and it shouldn't be that hard. Um, and, and it just sort of took up time. Whereas in the email, it could have just said, Hey, if you need to reschedule, hit this button and we can take care of it immediately. But, but it literally, they don't have that. I'm like, how is that? (laughs) So, so again, there's a problem. I can't, they haven't given me a way to easily solve it. And I have no idea if it's actually solved. So that's a really great example of what you gave is all I want to know is the problem is solved. Yes. for any anything in my life i just just want somebody if i'm hiring somebody or or if i have a service provider to just say don't worry about it we got it exactly and, and so what what you said was was so um was was really <laughs> such the experience I want, which is I just wanted a reply from Crate and Barrel saying, "Hey, we got it. Don't worry. We'll call you next week. Don't worry about it." We have <laughs> right, not got right. that got that email or call yet, but not not to pick on Crate and Barrel. I think hopefully they don't show up. But yeah, like you said, you tried. Yeah. And the whole thing is just being available and being responsive. And I, I use a lot of automation tools, even for my clients. Yeah. You know, like hey. Um, book a call with Calendly, for example, it sends automatic reminders for the Zoom call. Hey, it's in an hour, FYI. If you need to reschedule, there's a button there. Like you said, you can reschedule. I don't care if people cancel so five easy. minutes before the meeting, as long as I know, because sometimes I look and I'm like, okay, I have this call in five minutes with my client. Oh, reschedule reason, kids had soccer practice. Okay, cool. We'll do it tomorrow. I just don't want to be sitting there for 10 minutes waiting for you to log in and then you know, where did the miscommunication happen? Like if you automate and have the right systems, that no longer becomes an issue. So thanks for sharing your example. Well, your, your example is great. And I want to just make sure that our audience knows. So, uh, Chris was mentioning Calendly, um, Calendly, sorry. Um, and, and we'll, we'll, maybe we'll provide a link to it here in the show notes, but it is a, uh, a low cost and possibly free. I forgot if it's, I think they have, yeah, they have free versions, I think premium on, but I'm shocked at uh, how many agents I know. We have 800 agents at our company. I bet you 95% of them do not use a scheduling system. And Calendly is like <laughs> free or almost free. And it is amazing. So exactly what my issue, Crate and Barrel doesn't have a system like that. And they are right. a multi-billion dollar company. So this is a super easy way for for your clients to be able to schedule and reschedule. Yes. Um, and and whether it's an in-person meeting or Zoom call, a phone call, what, please use some sort of scheduling software because it will automate the reminders. It's like it, $10 you know, a month for the premium, unlimited yeah, meeting types. I mean, it's it's like a no-brainer. It's, it's my best tool that's transformed my business personally. I've given them a lot of kudos, but literally I think I've used them for a year or two. And it, it's just transformed my life. I'm not doing calls at 
6 p.m. on Friday anymore because my link doesn't allow people to book that, right? right? So it's on my schedule. It pops up. It sends reminders. It's very difficult for someone to forget that a meeting is going to happen because there's all these safeguards and automations and reminders in place where I don't have to be like, oh, crap, I forgot to call my client at two. Like I said, no, we're going to be sitting there ready for the Zoom call because we all got reminders, multiple. Yeah. And let's talk about having Zoom calls with uh, with clients being obviously COVID accelerated our our use of, of, of Zoom, yeah. of course, and, and now pretty much everyone, at least here in America, is pretty accustomed to using video, uh, video meetings, Zoom being probably the most the prominent one. Um, we're, Chris and I are speaking via Zoom right now, of course, <laughs> as well. And, and let's talk about um, the, how the expectation of the client has shifted from the in-person meeting, maybe at a coffee shop or at their home, if you're listing a property, mm-hmm. um, or you're meeting them at, the, at a property they're interested in buying, uh, to having that initial conversation you know, virtually. Yeah, the virtual thing. I mean, as a millennial, I embrace technology. I learn things very quickly. Uh, and I have met a lot of top producers. They, they kind of jokingly refer to themselves as boomers. Like, hey, can you show me? Like, I'm a boomer. I don't know how to do anything on Instagram, for example. Uh, there's a top guy that I know who's killing it in Houston. And literally, I've gone to his house to show him how to post on his story and share and link it to Facebook, you know, all these different types of things. But with technology and obviously with, with COVID going on, more and more people have you know, adopted this technology, they kind of assume that it's going to be on Zoom. Like, it's almost weird for me to even be like, hey, can I meet you at your house? Like, I don't even think to ask that anymore because a Zoom call is convenient. They have their computer. I don't have to like turn my laptop to show them my screen. I can just share it here. I can record it like we're doing now. I could stream it to Facebook. I wouldn't stream a buyer consultation to Facebook, but if I had some sort of informative thing, I could easily stream it to pages and you're just enabled to do so much more have multiple people join in, maybe the husband's at work and the wife's at home, they can both join at the same time, right? And so you're able to do a lot more. And I think, like you said, more and more people have had to adapt and start to use this technology. So now that hesitancy is no longer there. Whereas a couple of years ago, maybe like, oh, I don't have Zoom. It's not on my phone. It's not downloaded. Like, can we just do a phone call and three-way or whatever, you know, add the call, merge the calls. That's kind of outdated. Whereas here, I know when they're on a Zoom call, they're going to have someone looking after their kid. They're going to put their dog away. They're going to sit down and I'm going to have their undivided attention for the most part. Occasionally you get the person who zooms in from their phone and they're like driving or walking around, but you're able to clearly communicate. You can record the calls. And if they forgot something you said, Hey, here's the recording of our call. We talked about that in 10 minutes in, right? So it just changed the game entirely for my business. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Same, same with me. And I, I will say that, uh, for those of you who think, well, some, you know, some of my my prospects or my clients don't want to be on camera um, because then they feel like maybe they have to look a certain way. You can always tell them in your introductory email, hey, if you just want to do audio via on Zoom, just don't turn on yeah. your webcam. No big deal. So you don't have to use the video feature necessarily. Um, so, you know, just as, as something that I, cause I initially thought, gosh, I'm sure everyone doesn't want to be on video. And then I went, Oh, I'll just tell them they don't have to be. Um, but it's such, we're also used to using uh, video conferencing, whether, whether our, 
you know, webcam is turned on or we're just doing audio. It's just yeah. so much easier. And, and you said something that I think is really important, especially in listing presentations or buyer consultations, which is recording the meeting. I mean, my memory is terrible. I, I don't know about yours, but, um, but I just, I don't remember anything. And so Same being <laughs> able to record and go back and say, gosh, I think they said this, but I didn't forgot to take a note. Uh, so valuable. Yeah. And I've even done this with training, like with uh, showing agents when I'm trying to get leverage and I offer to do some mentorship if they can show some houses or do some errands for me regarding listings. And one, one question came up when I was teaching something about how to use showing time or how to optimize because I have the supply chain background. So I was doing this nerdy way of like optimizing your route. So you're not driving in zigzags on showings. You're, you're going in the straightest possible route. Smart. And two weeks later, she asked a question like, Hey, how did you say you did that thing again? I didn't spend five minutes telling her I'm a big productivity nut. I said, here's the Dropbox link to the video. It starts at seven minutes in or whatever the, the time was that just saved me. It took me 10 seconds instead of, Oh, let me give her a call and walk her through this again. And now she had the answer she needed. She could see it on my screen actually happening. What buttons to press? Uh, and it just, it's just total game changer, right? You're, you're not duplicating your work anymore. It's like one and done. Once you record it and you document it, you can automate it and systematize it. Yeah, it's really so important because as an agent, our listeners, I'm sure, get a lot of those similar questions over and over and over again. And even if all you ever did was create a Google Doc or or some sort of you know database of questions and answers that you could copy and paste into an email, or in in, in the case of a video explanation, you just you know you you have those YouTube uh, clips or or you have them time stamped or whatever. Yeah. If you just do that, you are going to save a tremendous amount of time. Or even better prior to the person, like Chris was saying with, with the example of the broken uh, glass in the front door is solving the problem in advance, which is, Hey, Mr. Or Mrs. Buyer, before we even meet, here's a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to go over. If you want to learn a little bit more about my process, here's what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, all of those are systems and, and the idea yep. of systematizing really is just going to save you so much time. Uh, I, I have to, my dog is going to see the, uh, an ophthalmologist, which I didn't even know there were ophthalmologists <laughs> we're for dogs, dogs but, and I shouldn't really be joking about it because it could possibly be something that's, that's, that's uh, not, not so great. But anyway, um, this just happened today. And, and, you know, thankfully um, I was able to get in and, and I was very lucky because the, the, the ophthalmology center for this dog said, oh my gosh, we have one spot open on Monday. And if, if you can't make it, we won't be able to get to you until October. So I was like, okay, good. So I got it. Go, yeah. And they immediately sent me uh, a, a giant questionnaire because they want to know everything about my dog. And they are already going to get the history from my vet. Like they already are going to have 13 years of history from my vet. And, and they still want me to go through a pretty serious questionnaire. And then the question is like, well, well, why do they want that? Well, they want all that information before they meet me so that, and it's a system. They, it automatically sent it to me the moment I made the appointment. Uh, and, and they even had different ways where I could complete it, whether it was just by paper or they have an interactive form. But the point is, is it's systematized so that just like a consultant would go into a business and say, tell me everything that's going on with this business and I'll come back to you with a solution. They want to know everything before they even see the dog so right. that they can very efficiently uh, get me in and out of there so they can see more patients and make more money exactly. um, and, and just 
be more effective. So even though my, my appointment is 90 minutes long, which is a crazy amount of time, uh, to see, to see a doctor for, for a pet. Um, I imagine the bulk of that time is going to be doing things that they can't do if I'm sitting there filling out paperwork. So in fact, they require me to have it finished a day before um, wow. I even, okay. so I have to have it to them by Sunday uh, in the morning. So they're, and they're like, they're on well, top hey, of take- it. Yeah. And also they're like, take it or leave it. Like we know we're good. And, I mean, they didn't say this, but, but anyway, my point was, I was, you know, I, doctors do that all the time. And I, and I think that that's a really uh, good way to think about at, at, for, as, as agents, how can we systematize, how can we solve problems in advance? Um, but let's, I want to talk to you about something that, that gets brought up a lot on the show. And I'm not so sure that we've really defined it as much as, as we ought to, which is something called the Pareto principle. And I know this is a, a, yes. a big deal to you. Um, and, and tell our audience, like, what is the Pareto principle and why should they care about that? Yeah. So that's a great question. The Pareto principle, I'm sure many people have heard of it or maybe listened to it in some sort of book or another. Uh, it's basically saying that 80% of the results come from 20% of the actions or the inputs or even the activities that you're doing in real estate. So We all can do a million different things, a million different ways. You can knock on doors, show houses, do open houses, you know, print flyers, hand them out. But what's really moving the needle? And it might be different for everyone, right? So if you can drill down and identify what are those two things that are bringing 80% of my leads? Is it pop buys and uh, doing first time homebuyer seminars? Like if that's what's working for you, double down and focus on that. So Pareto principle, you can apply it with anything. I even did this with my credit card spend just to, to monitor, like, what am I spending my money on? I did, I pulled all the data. I kind of updated my Instagram story and showed people how to do this. And you can do like a Pareto principle with your data to see, all right, I've got 500 lines of stuff or 200 lines of stuff, but really 20 of these lines account for 80% of the spend. I don't care about the little $5 stuff here, $10 stuff there. What did I spend two grand on? You know, I got engaged recently, like a big chunk of that was like, you know, the wedding ring and then- Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. You know, all the wedding expenses and the deposits, like photographer, videographer, that was my Pareto principle was all those deposits we're putting down. Um, So I don't have to focus on all those little things like, oh, I need to cut out this $5 coffee that I went to twice last month. No, what are the things that I'm spending a lot of money on? And so you can do that with anything, whether it's, lead generating or managing your expenses or even how you spend the time in your day. And so I really get very clear on what are the activities that are working for me? Let me focus on those and ignore the rest. Because if you get those right, a lot of the other things on your to-do list, they just fall off magically. They do. And the, the and for the items that can't fall off, that have to get done, but they don't fall into this wow, these are the two activities or three activities that really drive my business forward. You know, we, we all know that there's just a lot of customer service in this industry that yeah. isn't necessarily going to generate new business. It's going to just maintain my existing clients because they expect a certain level of service or replying to emails or answering phone calls or the, the things that we have to do. And, and Chris is right. There are many things that just will fall away and you won't have to deal with them. And you'll sort of be like, wow, I had no idea I did. There was, a, I had always heard, and I don't know who who came up with this and I don't even know how true it is, but I've, uh, I had I, read at one point in a book, if you're in like a, a big corporate um, sort of, uh, if, you, if you work for a big, large corporation, and if there's lots of layers, like you were saying in, in your first career, um, 
if you let an email sit for 21 days in your inbox, you can probably just delete it. Like nobody even remembers or cares if you right. had some deliverable. I um, love it. Yeah. And, 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 and I, and I, I've only really worked in those kind of companies a few times in my life. Um, but I'm like, I, that's gotta be pretty close to true. So Chris is right. True. A lot of things will fall away, but for the things that can't fall away, um, Chris is a big fan of delegating. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how you delegate some of the tasks that either you don't enjoy or aren't really the main drivers for the business, but just still need to get done? Yeah. So I've had to become a master delegator because like we were talking about before we started recording, I moved to Denver in March of this year and I, I still have a business address in my signature saying Houston. So a lot of people don't even realize they see me checking in from Houston on deals that I'm closing remotely. And they're like, oh, Chris, like you're doing so well. Like we got to catch up and grab a coffee. How, how do you, um, how does your schedule look next week? And I'm like, hey, I actually moved to Denver months ago and I'm still closing deals remotely because I've delegated everything. I have showing agents who show buyers houses. I'm like, hey, putting you in a group text. They want to see these four houses. Can you show it? Leave feedback and showing time or whatever service. And then I'll, I'll reach out to the client and we'll write the offer through my transaction coordinator I feel like my transaction coordinator, she goes above and beyond. She probably does like 90% of my job. <laughs> she emails clients. She emails title companies. She reaches out to the other agent to follow up on documents that we haven't had signatures on from both sides. And I'm just the client facing person, right? So in terms of Pareto principle to tie it back to that, I'm focusing on my zone of genius. All I need to be doing is podcast interviews, meeting new people, business development, bringing in new business and listings. Cool. You want to list your house? Here's my transaction coordinator. She's going to send you all the paperwork. Oh, you want to go look at houses? You know, Kelly is going to show you these five houses on Saturday. And if you want to write any offers, let me know. And I'm just paying the showing agents $25 a door. So for $125, I could essentially go under contract on a $400,000 house and not have to split commission or anything. That that is that is incredible because I assumed you were you know you were probably splitting commissions but you're right you're we live in a gig economy right so yeah. what a gig economy means is is doing gigs for pay and uh, you're absolutely right boy what a smart idea to <laughs> to you. have have a list of showing agents. Um, and I guess eventually if, if you, if they, if they wanted to take a larger role in the client, um, yeah. then maybe you would work out a different arrangement for them, but, but we have this at our, our own company. So we have about 800 agents. I, I don't know why this never occurred to me, but we have a private Facebook group for our agents mm -hmm. to kind of chat back and forth. And, you know, we do support on there and everything, but people do it all the time where they're like, Hey, I'm going out of town. I need somebody to help do Should a showing show this house. Yeah. Yeah. $25 but they or whatever. Exactly. But they never have it in advance. Right. So Chris is, yes. was really smart because he built a team that is, you know, basically ready and willing to do these type of uh, on things short notice. on yeah. short notice, so, which is what uh, you need when a buyer sends you five houses that just came on the market in this crazy market where things are only on the market for a few days and get multiple offers. You need someone who's able to go show it that evening or tomorrow. And so if you can find that person ahead of time, like you mentioned, it, you're golden. I have someone who I trust. She's done a great job. She's been there on time every time. She's the first person I text every time. And if she can't make it, I go to, you know, my, my not B player, but like number two on my list of showing agents and just pay them via Venmo or Zelle afterwards and boom, you're done. Yeah, it's, it's so smart. And this really allows you and, and you, I believe are the first just scanning my terrible memory, but I think, I think my memory is <laughs> accurate here. You're the first agent I know that is really, really, 
has moved and is still closing deals without physically being present. And of course, we know during the height of COVID, you know, everyone was sort of working remotely anyway. Yeah. But but now things have, you know, well, who knows Opened where they are right of, now. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're sort of back to a bit of normalcy. Um, although I was just on vacation for, uh, for for some time and came, I was out of the country, came back and, and I was like, oh, we're all wearing masks again. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I just missed the memo. I'm like, wait. Yeah, I did. So so I don't know, maybe we're not back to normal. I but... threw away all my masks and then literally I saw people wearing them again. I'm like, I have like one left, you know, I got to go buy more or something, I guess. <laughs> so it's yeah, a weird, it... it's a weird world we're living in now for sure. And like every day is something different, but being able to do stuff, quote unquote, safely or even more efficiently, right? Zoom calls, I love that every day of the week because I'm not driving 30 minutes to meet someone at a coffee shop anymore. And then they're running 10 minutes late and now I'm stuck in traffic, right? I can do way more calls, throw a podcast in there, buyer consultation, listing consultation, and a call on Clubhouse, all from this seat that I'm sitting in right now. It's incredible to me. So just leveraging technology and kind of using where we've gone as an excuse to just do that for everything going forward. And the genie is out of the bottle on web conferencing. It, we are not going backwards. Yes, right. of course, uh, people still like to meet face to face. You know, there, there still is that percentage of people that that want that. But we have now all been conditioned to have these types of interactions and also to feel good about them because for the last you know year or two, this is how we've communicated with friends, family. Um, it, it you know it, it's not maybe a, a lot of our preferred mode, uh, but it's super efficient, it's super effective, and it's become very comfortable. Yeah. And and so you can have very positive experiences. I love it when I have a doctor's appointment. Now, sometimes with doctors, of course, you have to go in because they have to examine you. But if it's something that doesn't require that, I cannot tell you how excited I get. Like, obviously for this, my dog going on a Monday, I have to take it. Yeah. <laughs> but but when I go, when I have uh, to see my primary, um, now, now, if I go in for a physical, she needs to see me to draw blood and stuff. But if I just have, you know, a general question or if I normally I'd have to go, I'd have to get in my car, drive to the appointment. The now app, right? it's, it's yeah, exactly. Now it's all online and, uh, and all on video conferencing. And I love it. I'm so grateful. So agents really should start realizing that just because we can meet in person doesn't mean you have to. And exactly. Chris is, Chris is even I'm a living well, proof. <laughs> <laughs> You're living proof that you don't even have to be in the same area and it doesn't impact your ability to, to help, help that client. Yeah. Um, and that's the most important thing is, you know, it, look, if, if Chris was in another state and he now couldn't service his clients as well, well, then we wouldn't be talking about this because it wouldn't be in the client's best interest. But and it wouldn't be working. I'd be getting bad reviews. <laughs> Exactly. And and Chris is living proof that this absolutely works. And so let's talk about, um, you know, uh, and, and well, I, I want to actually shift to work-life yeah. balance because I know this is a big, big topic for you. So can you tell us a little bit about like what that means to you and, and how you uh, how, how you would encourage our agents to start thinking about their work life and their, and their, their you know, non-work life, we'll call it. Work life is such an important thing to me. And I mean, it always just, I had that cognitive dissonance when I worked in corporate because I just had a call with someone yesterday. I was doing like a free productivity coaching call to see if I want to try some coaching on top of real estate. And he's been working, you know, like at NASA, I believe he works at NASA uh, for four or five years. And he said his biggest constraint right now is time. And he's a single young guy, maybe 28 or something. And he has no time for his hobbies. And he probably has time in there, but like, I remember the feeling of, 
commuting yeah. to work in 45 minutes each way. And I don't get home till five 30 and now I got to make dinner and I want to go to the gym and like maybe watch one Netflix episode and then go to bed. Yeah. And you have no time. And so I was constantly fighting for that freedom. Four hour work week was a very big book for me to just shift my mindset. Oh my gosh, how do I live that laptop laptop lifestyle and be that digital nomad closing deals across the world and having a business that operates without me. And so the seed was planted in my mind years ago and I don't have any kids or anything like that. Now I am engaged. I have two cats and a dog. So things have changed since I was a single guy, you know, making 70 or 80 grand a year in oil and gas. Um, but time has always been very important. I want to be able to control my time. And this is even more important for those who are listening, who have kids and they've got soccer practice, and you like to play piano, like how do you fit it all in if you're always working, always grinding, you know, all the time, 80 hours a week or whatever. I see people, people are so proud to brag about how much they work these days, <laughs> but a lot of times they're doing stuff, they're working hard and not very smart. They want to be the ones showing the clients, they, they're showing clients six hours on a Saturday and they're doing two open houses on Sunday. I'm getting the same result. My clients are happy. And I'm not doing any of those things. So I really challenge your listeners to shift their mindset because a lot of times we feel like as real estate agents to best represent our clients, it has to be us doing everything. No, our clients hired us. They want us showing the house. They want us doing the open house. No, your clients want the result. They want that great house that they're trying to buy. They want you to sell this house without any issues, without fixing things that break, You know those little things. If you get them the result, they don't care how you necessarily do it. And so from shifting my mindset that way, it's allowed me to open up my schedule, uh, but just determine what's important to you, right? I live in Denver now, I have 15 minutes from the mountains. We bought kayaks and bikes. I go riding my bike at like 2 p.m. sometimes because I can, and I have no appointments um, that spontaneously pop up. What is it for you? Do you want to be able to go play golf on Fridays? Do you want to take off on Sundays? I'm the realtor who doesn't really work weekends. You know, it's funny. My, my parents made that comment like, you got anything going on this weekend? I'm like, no, <laughs> we're going to, we're going out of town. We're going to Colorado Springs for like two days, you know? Um, so hopefully that kind of answers the question. It's going to look a little different for all of us, but we have to be very intentional about what does our perfect day look like our perfect life. And if we're not there now, what makes us think we're going to magically get there in five years if we don't build it into today's schedule. I, I couldn't agree more. And I'll, I'll give a, a personal example of something I've <laughs> been thinking about. And, and you just sort of inspired me to actually take a, to take action on it this weekend. Yeah. Um, awesome. So Chris was talking. Yeah, thank you. I really, I really owe you for this one. Let's dream um, more so, doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, so Chris was at the beginning of our episode was, was talking about um, the Pareto or, or sort of the middle of the episode was talking about Pareto principle and taking a look at like finances as a result, like where am I spending the bulk of my money? So really what we're talking about is budgeting, right? And making sure that you know our finances are in order. So Chris was just also mentioning, well, work-life balance. Well, um, there are also parts of, of your life where you're just avoiding them, things you're not actually doing that you know you should do mm -hmm. that you just don't want to do. And so it's not that it's really affecting your work life, but you're just not getting certain things done, which is going to create stress because then you're going to be like upset with yourself for not, you know, attending to certain matters. Well, this is perfect for, for me because uh, speaking of like uh, budgeting, um, I do not do a good job of recording 
uh, for example, for finding out where I'm spending the bulk of my of my money. I, I have software. Uh, I use a service called You Need a Budget, which is absolutely amazing. If anyone has, has, has not checked them out, it's the best budgeting software I've ever seen. But you have to go in and record all, the, all your things every day. And really, they automatically pull from all my credit cards. So it's real easy. I just have to go and, you know, uh, categorize each thing. And then the reports are right there. But anyway, I pay for this service. It's great. And it maybe takes five minutes a day to do it, but I just don't do it. So what could I do? Well, uh, I could hire somebody to do it once a week for me. And yeah. I'd have to give them access to some of my financial stuff, which really they just need access to, you need a budget, which wouldn't really you know, be a privacy issue. But anyway, any of your data. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, and you know, whatever, but, but yes, it's something that needs to get done and I'm just probably not going to do it but I need to do it and I don't want to do it. And so if I hire somebody and we live in this global gig economy, so it's not even that I have to pay somebody locally here to do that, although that would be great, but I can find people from all over the world who are really financially minded, who are, you know, the people like Chris was saying, who he didn't want to look at spreadsheets all day when he was a person who does. (laughs) Yeah. Find a person who does and say, Hey, for an hour a week, do you mind just going through and categorizing and maybe sending me even a report about where I'm spending my money? And, you know, maybe that would cost me $10 a week. Um, Is that worth $10 a week for me? Oh my God, it's worth a lot more than that. So, um, so there's parts of our life that, you know, we, we just don't, we're just not good at and, And it's okay. Uh, to delegate, or or we just don't want to do it, or we're just not, you know, we're not, we sort of avoid it. Just get someone else who lives to do that. And and we're so fortunate because you might say, well, how do you find somebody? Well, there's, you know, from from all over the world. Well, there's lots of websites where people congregate and are looking for these kind of jobs. Um, it's it's how I found my producer for my podcast who lives in Kosovo, uh, and she is amazing. And I <laughs> couldn't do this show without her. Yeah, and I would. I would never have met her. I tried to find a producer locally for years. I just couldn't find somebody reliable. I found somebody in Kosovo. She's been with me for years now and she's incredible and totally, she, like Chris was saying uh, with, with his business, she does 90% of, of this, uh, this whole podcast is really because of her. Right. And then and, you just and, show up and perform and record the episode. Yeah. She handles the rest. That's the way it should and, be. It, absolutely. And so I used to do, I don't know if, if, if you were this way, you're probably smarter than me, but I did every part of the podcast. I did too. From, I made my yeah. thumbnails in Canva. It would take 45 oh, minutes and it would look terrible. And then I found too. someone who makes them way better for $5 a thumbnail. I'm like, why did I do this for two years? So yeah. I like to think of myself as smart, but when you're stuck in the weeds, sometimes, you know, you can't really get that bird's eye view because you're so busy in the work, in the business E-Myth, if you read that book, that talks about it. You're so busy yep. in the business that you're not working on the business. And on it's not business. even a business. It's like a, you bought yourself a job at that point. Yeah. And there's so much of being a realtor that is, for lack of a better word, busy work. There's, you know, and, and, and so we have already all these solutions. We have transaction coordinators. I know you, you use them. Um, they can handle everything from list to close with respect to paperwork, timelines, you know, important yeah. dates just chasing signatures digitally. I mean, there's so many things that, and, and I know like uh, a transaction coordinator service that, that we recommend to, to our agents, it's that, what do they charge? Like $300 a sale? At closing, um, right? That's how my, yeah, mine it, operates at closing, where if we don't close exactly. anything, I don't pay. I'm like, this you is don't a pay. win-win. This is incredible. Incredible. And so just think like, 
if, if, if you went to a doctor and you had an ailment, they said, you're only going to pay me if I can get you, you know, basically better, <laughs> which is essentially what a transaction coordinator right. does. It says, I'll get you to the finish line and then you'll pay me. And if, if you don't make, if we don't make it to the finish line, cause you know, things fall through and I don't know, understand that, apart. but I'm like, Hey, I'll I don't get it, it either. Exactly. Please don't ever change it. Cause I love it. <laughs> but so, personally, I'm like, gosh, I'd be so bummed if I'm writing five offers and I don't get paid until we get something accepted and closed. Like what if it, it takes time to do that, right? So sometimes I'm sensitive. If we're writing a lot of like lowball offers for an investor, I might just be like, all right, I'm watching Netflix. I'm going to write this one myself because I don't want to, I don't want to send her too many that I know we're not going to get because I value yeah. her time too. Uh, sure. So I kind of play, play that by ear, you know? Yeah, that's very true. It's just, Chris is, is so right, is you have to take inventory of your day and your week and your month and yeah. just just look at your activity and, and write it down, you know, create a journal of, you know, here's what I did for these hours. And and I, I always like what Brian Buffini, um, and I, I assume he still says that this is many, many years ago, but he said, you know, if you have an eight hour day, and this is kind of before pre-gig economy, so maybe this isn't as applicable today, but I, I think it probably still is. He said, you know, spot uh, seven of those eight hours are probably doing customer service. And you're probably, if you can spend one hour a day prospecting for new business, boy, that's great. But that probably the other seven out of the eight hours is probably taking care of your existing clients. And maybe that's just the way it is, but boy, you could probably carve out half of those hours to push to someone else. And then you can focus on what you're best at, which in your case is business development and, and interactive meetings and yeah. All of those activities, um, you said you're not really strong uh, organizationally. I'm the same way. Um, and, I miss things and, like in the contract that my TC is like, hey, you didn't check the box on that thing. And I'm like, ah, it's just a survey, whatever. It's like 400 bucks. We'll figure it out. And, and I'm okay with that. If you move fast and break things, I think Mark Zuckerberg or somebody said that, you can handle those little things. Like I want to make sure the sales price is right. And we've got an inspection period in there because that's important. And I don't want to put earnest money on the line, but Occasionally, if there's a mistake and I've got to cough up $100 to make it happen, but I go get three more deals in the meantime, like, isn't that worth it? It's kind of like the VA question you asked yourself. You would pay way more than $10 a week to get someone to look at that stuff. So it's oh, just yeah. doing that Pareto principle with everything where if you focus on a lot of people step over dollars to pick up pennies. I've heard yeah. that quote before, right? You're stepping yep. over all the opportunities to save a little bit of money here. If you just go out and make more money, you can afford to make a little bit of $50 mistakes, $100 mistakes, right? So that's kind of the way I think of it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I need to adjust my mindset, but it's been working for me so far. No, it, it, it it's it's brilliant. And um, I always heard uh, Brian Tracy, and I don't know if he's the one who, who wrote this quote, but he I heard him say it, which was, prospecting solves all problems, which I've always thought, Sales boy, I'd love to find a, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to find a hole in that sentence, but, um, and of course it doesn't solve all problems, but it solves a, a lot, lot of them and a yeah. lot. And, and it allows you to then delegate even more. Um, if you have so, no business, then how yeah. do you automate anything else? You've businesses like the prospects are everything, right? That's the lifeblood of your business. Yeah. Um, what, what other productivity, do you have any other productivity tips for our listeners? Uh, you know, again, realtors, you know, grinding yeah. it out. We know, we know how hard realtors work. We honor you for all the work you do. <laughs> and we know that your day does not necessarily, not, I'm not saying Chris, but, but our listeners day doesn't easily start at five and or start at nine and stop at five. Right. It, it, it can be almost a 24 hour type of job. Um, 
But talking, can you just talk about, you know, what's helped you sort of, again, create that work-life balance? I know delegation is important, finding people to help with those tasks that, that you really don't want to spend time on because it takes away from other things. Anything else, uh, any, any systems or, or, or actual tools that you use, I'd love to hear uh, yeah. share, to share with our audience. I'm a big tool and productivity person, just overall with a background in supply chain. So I, I love talking about this stuff. And even with non-real estate agents, because I can get nuggets from other industries and other people in sales roles, for example. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, honestly, Calendly has changed the game for me so much because it forced me to write down on pen, you know, pen to paper, what is my ideal schedule? And I had an inspection review call at like Friday at 6 p.m. And I'm like, I never want to do this again. Like, you know, my fiance just got home from work. I think she was my, she was my girlfriend at the time. Like, I don't want to be doing this at 6 p.m. Why can't this be on a Saturday, like 11 after I go to the gym and I'm prepared to have this conversation? Cause we ended up talking till seven or 8 PM reviewing this inspection report that really, I probably shouldn't even have done, but I get it. First time buyers are sometimes a little hazy on that. So when you use a booking software, it forces you to be very, very intentional where I thought to myself in my perfect schedule, what would I do? I wouldn't work on Friday. So I, I'd be able to go do fun stuff like indoor skydiving or go on a long weekend trip somewhere, or just spend three hours getting a 90 minute massage and you know, doing something else, getting tapioca, for example, I have a lot of free time and my fiance has a day job. So I have to go find things to do during the week. But if you have a booking software, whether it's Calendly or something else that frees you up because you push your clients to schedule a call, schedule a showing coffee meeting. Here's the link for that lunch appointment. Here's the link for that. So you never, you no longer get people, Hey, do you have time for a quick call or how does lunch tomorrow sound? Once you operate on a schedule and you align that and integrate it with Google Calendar, my schedule is done for me. I wake up in the morning. I see we have this podcast in the afternoon. This is my only appointment on Fridays because <laughs> I don't ever really do appointments on Fridays. So happy to be here with you. But that honestly has taken care of so much because I can see what's happening next week, what's happening the week after that. If I don't have enough stuff on the calendar, I got to reach out to more people. Hey, who wants to do a quick call? Who needs to talk about sending referrals to each other? Uh, so Calendly is great. But if you have a team, um, Asana, A-S-A-N-A.com, yeah. project management software, I use the free version of that. It's a game changer because you can assign things. I can put a checklist and say, hey, John, can you edit the podcast by this date? Medium priority, kind of important. You know, I'd like to get this episode out and someone else makes the thumbnail. So I'm not doing that in Canva anymore. And so it helps you get the ideas out of your head instead of sticking it on a sticky note that you never look at again. And you can assign it to people where they get automatic emails and reminders. Hey, FYI, this is due tomorrow. Uh, so in terms of software, it's a Calendly, Asana. Uh, another great one for communicating with multiple team members is Slack. We all do text messages and phone calls and emails. I've gotten pretty bad at email where I'm like, I'm going to check like once every five hours because anything in there is not urgent, Right. If right. you have something that's urgent with a team member, if you can go through something like Slack, where that's the only notification you see on your phone and you turn off the little bubbles for everything else, now you know that's the bottleneck. You need to answer that as fast as you can so that your TC, your, your VA, your virtual assistant can get that next thing done. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. I know it's not anything groundbreaking for my CRM. I just use an Excel file. I track everything from deals to how many pages I read a day. It's a little... It's a little intense, but I've got pivot tables and things. If your audience is familiar with that, you can learn 10 minutes, 20 minutes on YouTube, figure out how to make a pivot table, store all your data in there. 
I track everything from net worth to how many times I meditate a day, which is two, <laughs> how many times I work out a week. Um, it, it starts simple, right? Start with one thing a day and start to add things on, right? You don't just wake up and read 20 pages a day, drink a gallon of water a day, work out three times a week, right? You, you start by working out, then you start adding the water, then you start doing some fasting. It builds on itself, just like with real estate. So uh, are there any other top softwares that get mentioned a lot on here? I'm, I'm sure like CRMs and stuff like that. There are, and, and there's so many different solutions that, um, that I know people can get uh, overwhelmed with the, all the different software providers yeah. that exist for I just realtors. Keep it but simple. I do too. And, and I'll tell you uh, from a to-do list perspective, and I use a Todoist. Okay. So um, Todoist cool. is a wonderful uh, to-do list system. And again, you just put it in there. You say, you know, you, there's a lot of different ways you could organize it, but it's ridiculously inexpensive. You could probably get away with the free version. Um, yeah. But that's the, that's the one I like the best. Chris uses a Sana for project management and, and really uh, project management could be a, a, an entire deal, right? From start to finish for, for our podcast, which we treat each episode like a project. Mm -hmm. I use Trello, which is similar to Asana. Um, yep. It's a little bit more visual than, than Asana is great. I mean, Trello is great. And With again, the cards, yeah, the card system. Yep, we, we use Trello. Yep. Has the card system. We've been doing that since day one. Um, and this cost me $0 and it is, it's awesome. And there are so many great little software providers. Again, my, my, you need a budget for, for budgeting, except like I don't do bucks it a year. Right. I, yeah. I just signed up for the 30 day free version to try it out. And it's amazing for sure. It's, it's amazing. Um, and, and it's a great, it's a great tool, but the, but the point is, 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 you know, there are all these software tools. And like Chris was saying, he's a, he's a kind of a tech forward guy. And he's like, I just use an Excel spreadsheet for my CRM. And there is nothing wrong with that. If that works and it does work. I know top producers who are the same way. They're like, you know, I, I was using top producer or, or, you know, fill in the Referral blank CRM or whatever. And yeah. Exactly. And, and nothing against those solutions. They're awesome. It's just whatever works for you. And if you're like, I just don't like, for example, I, I was, I talk about this a lot on the show where I say you need in your CRM, whatever CRM, use. You need to know everyone's birthday, if they're married, their anniversary date, their kids' birthdays, because then it gives you a reason to reach out from time to time be like, Hey, it's yeah. your kid's birthday. Congratulations. You know, happy birthday. Um, and if you don't know that, and now you're like, Oh my God, I have, I have 200 clients and I don't know anything like that. <laughs> Hire somebody to contact those clients on and behalf get that of that information. And yeah, exactly. Um, you don't have to do it all yourself delegate. And, and boy, imagine if in your CRM, and again, I'm not talking to Chris, but our listeners, if you had everyone's birthday, anniversary date, and in your calendar, if every morning it said, call so-and-so, it's their wedding anniversary, or it's their birthday, or it's back to school time, maybe a good time to reach out and say, how are your kids doing? Or when's school starting? And you know, yeah. just the life events um, that somebody's home buying anniversary or home selling anniversary, if you have those in your calendar, uh, you will always have a reason to pick up the phone and call people and say, Hey, how's it going? Instead of, Hey, what are you, are you buying or selling a home? Or do you know anyone that nobody <laughs> right. wants those phone calls? Nobody. And, and so we know that that's a daunting task to go and get all that information, hire somebody to do it. It was worth its weight in gold. So like Chris, he wakes up every day and he goes there. That's my calendar. I know, I know what, what I'm, I'm doing, doing today. today. Yeah. 
Boy, I love it. Chris, I could talk, you know, I'm going to have to have you on regularly because I love. <laughs> I know. I'm like, gosh, this. we're out of time. I have so much more I could share. And I love talking about this as well. So maybe well, another I, time. I, I will say that everyone who is listening, please go subscribe to Chris's podcast, Thank which is you. called Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast. We will, there is a link in the show notes. So click on, you can go right there, or you can always get to it by just pulling up a podcast app, searching for Entrepreneur Motivation. It'll pop right up, hit the subscribe button, or go to Chris's website, which has links to everything uh, that Chris is involved in, which is chrisbello.com. That's Chris with a C-H and then Bello, B-E-L-L-O.com. So chrisbello.com. And think about this before you're like, well, I'm not really an entrepreneur. If you're a real estate agent, you're an entrepreneur. So yes. you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be the Mark Zuckerberg in the tech space or Elon <laughs> right. Musk in, in, in all the different uh, areas he's in. Those, those are a different, you know, those are uh, the most public entrepreneurs that, that we, we can think about, but everyone who has a real estate license is an entrepreneur. So don't you, don't, don't we all need more help with motivation and systems? This are the kind of things Chris talks about on a show. And I can tell you how hard it is to get a million downloads. And for Chris Take to be able time. to do that, it's, it's incre an incredible, incredible achievement. So thank you. That's just proof that his show is excellent. We're big fans and we encourage every one of our audience, go subscribe to Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast. Chris, thank you so, so much for thank being on so our much. show. You, this was a, a, a lot of fun and I, I couldn't uh, be more appreciative that you were on the show today. For everyone who is listening, before you sign off, we just ask that you do one thing, tell a friend. Think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing these great tips from Chris uh, and send them a link to our show. There's two easy ways to do that. The first, send them to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. All of our episodes are there. They can stream it right from the website. Or if there are somebody who likes listening to podcasts and already is involved in doing that, just have them pull up a podcast app, search for Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button. And also subscribe to Entrepreneur Motivation, which is Chris's. Um, so thank you. And also one last thing, everyone who, if you're not already part of our Facebook page, please subscribe. You just find us at facebook.com forward slash Keeping It Real pod. Right now, as Chris and I are talking, it's being broadcast live on Facebook. Otherwise, if you're listening through a podcast app, you've now waited two weeks to hear it, which is fine. But if you wanted to hear these episodes sooner than that, subscribe to our Facebook page. As we record them, we broadcast them live. You can see some behind the scenes stuff as well. So keeping, I'm sorry, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. Chris, thank you so much. On behalf of Chris, we want to thank the audience for continuing to listen and support our show. And on behalf of the audience, we want to thank Chris for his time. Thank he does you. not work much on Fridays and he took time out of his busy day to, to be here with us. We're, we're so grateful for or that. I guess it wasn't that busy of a day, right? <laughs> I literally hey, had no appointments today. <laughs> but, but, but life, life stuff is really important. And for it's you to true. take time out of your, your, your sort of, you know, uh, work light day to help our show is <laughs> we are super, super grateful for. I so. really loved being here. Thank you once again for having me. Well, thanks, Chris. And we will see everyone on the next episode. Sounds good.